0: welcome and thank you for listening to the echoes in the void thinking in public podcast we hope you enjoy
1: all right let's talk about the taste of bitter the taste of bitter
0: if it's if you can enjoy the taste of bitter at all
1: yeah is there value to things being bitter
0: yeah it's it's there i think it you know i think when you can properly combine bitter tastes with other flavors you know it works pretty good and some people fuck it some people like bitter shit just they're weird
1: yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I'm becoming weird. Is like why I bring it up. <laughs> I mean, we're all weird.
0: You're just you're just figuring out exactly how weird you are.
1: Yeah, it's weird not to be weird. <laughs> but like, I mean, coffee's the easiest example, right? Coffee's like went across the nation. Some people drink like a milkshake, but like that's a lot of people get. Uh, I don't know. It's something about the the sipping, the slow intake with the with the strong kick just something to guess it for you. Yeah, it brings the sensation I've been trying to describe. Hell yeah. Like, scotch does is, like, similar to that, too. Or just, like, hard liquor that you sip.
0: Yeah. yeah I don't know. They're, yeah. Like some people really like that stuff. So For me, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not... When it comes to bitter, the only bitter I can really enjoy is whiskey, but it's not really bitter. That's it's just, Some are. Fuck, some are. But...
1: It, like, demands the uh, attention of the mind, right? It, like, it pulls you to the... To the reception of the sensation.
0: Okay, yeah. Joe, you
2: sound like a you sound like a thirteen year old teenage girl who's cutting herself. Oh
1: Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could be applied there. But the coffee's better, dude. The coffee <laughs> It's just
0: like I just wanna feel that's what
1: you sound like. Feeling's great, dude. You don't like to feel? I guess I just like feeling
0: things. You know, maybe you know, maybe there is like a small aspect of that in there. You like you need that sense sensory shock. To uh, help, it makes you feel good because it's such a shock to the senses. So you just mix that up
1: within the rest, yeah. You know? Well, I, it's I didn't I didn't like coffee until I stopped expecting it to taste good, and it was like what? no, seriously, like that's that's how I describe it. Like I had a I was against coffee for like the first twenty five years of my life. Like it's like a recent it's like a recent thing. The last like five years. Fair. I think coffee's great. Yeah, but I don't I don't put like anything in it. I just drink it black. Oh.
0: Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I mix mine up. I make it nice and uh, mocha colored. Some some
2: coffee is really good. It can be drinkable, but, but like sometimes it's just like too bitter. You know, you gotta you gotta spice it up. Just like dull down the bitterness is what the dressing is. You know.
1: Right. I get. I get, I'm not like reaching for the most bitter coffee. I kind of just like. I wouldn't say uh, my taste hasn't even developed, developed that much. So it's like anything really.
2: I think you you figured out what people appreciate, and then you've now you understand what people are toning down when they put shit in their coffee.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so it's the the ability of 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 receiving the appeal from that is like what I feel like I've gained. See, I've climbed the curve of the acquired taste, and then that has like helped me realize that most interests are acquired tastes as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. And just coffee and alcohol are like the very easy ones to highlight but like i think music is like a big part of that too i think most things are you can find like the appeal like the what is what is keeping people interested i think that when some when you don't like something you're just not able to find that
0: Mm, that's fair yeah or you you can't like for you the whatever whatever thing people derive pleasure from for you is displeasure and you just you, you you can't get that aspect of it because it is displeasure for you. Yeah.
2: So tell me, what appeal am I missing when I when I don't like the live action Avatar movie? What appeal am I? No, missing no, no. You're not
0: missing it? me, but you're with the consensus on that one. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the it's the people who do like it. We need to figure out what the fuck they see in it.
2: Yeah. No. That's what I'm saying. What am I missing? Like, tell me what what am I supposed to be liking? You're
1: missing the ignorance. You're missing the ignorance onto what the, of the previous experience of Avatar. Because you've seen... Because you've seen the cartoon. No, 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 no.
2: People who haven't even seen the cartoon don't even like it.
1: That's part of it. Maybe not all of it. Yeah, I've never seen the movie, but I just know it's reputation.
0: It's a bad movie. (laughs) It's
1: just not great.
0: Fuck. What, five earthbenders to move a single goddamn rock? And, like, not even fast, it floated through the air? Are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) But, okay, so the, the people that actually like... The, they have the greatest skill because they've been able to find the appeal in the in the shallowest of. Uh...
0: I think they have the greatest skill because they don't <laughs> exist, but yet they do. They're not real, and yet they are.
1: Yeah, so like it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. It's like they they're missing the obvious details of just cinemat like cinematography blunders, right? Like the ignorance is providing advantage to them, and then the, the same time that they spend watching the movie that you do. They've gotten a lot more out of it. It's a skill.
0: Yeah, they've enjoyed the they've enjoyed the experience due to their ignorance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Their ignorance is reaping a reward. Ignorance is bliss.
2: You're saying there are people who are dumb enough to like it. Is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. In in more words,
0: (laughs) I would
1: agree with you on that one. Well, wonder isn't when you experience wonder, it's enjoyable wonder being things that you don't necessarily uh, understand
0: oh man,
2: yeah, yeah i mean that's why they make transformers movies you turn off your brain yeah and chew popcorn and look at the big explosions on the screen oh yeah it's great
0: <laughs> oh god
1: <sighs> so yeah dude you're missing out bro you got yourself too smart it's your fault
0: right it's like that's like the people like oh people who read the books versus people who watch the movies it's like yeah Yeah, but, like, there's an experience in the books.
1: (laughs) That's what growing up is, though. Like, when you're a kid, you're not, like, because you're so ignorant, like, there's just the idea that everything is, like, it's not fucked up, you know? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Oh, you know what? You just brought up something that I, I thought that I had the other day. I don't think I could have enjoyed the Harry Potter movies as much as I had if I had read the books first, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, if you read the book, if you'd read the books and then watched the movies, it's only, like, the seventh movie, which or the last movie, which is fucking good. The rest are all, uh, ugh, painful.
2: Yeah, no, like, I couldn't get to the first one. Like, we, I was like, all right, babe, let's, like, watch them now after we, like, read, you know, listened to the seventh them."
1: Yeah, you fucked up.
2: And we, like, didn't watch, didn't get halfway through the first one. <laughs>
1: No, yeah. see, you, you did it backwards because, listen, if you watch it first, you enjoy it, right? And then you then you read the book and you're, like, still high on that enjoyment and you kind of, like, want more. Yeah. And then you get, like, a totally different perspective that's, like, really in-depth. You're already invested in the lore and it, like, brings a lot out of it. So the, the, those same actions, the order in which you do it, definitely determines the value you can, like, get out of it.
2: Oh, yeah, no, that's why I almost want to, like, watch movies before I read the books.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people that read books just because the movie's coming out, they are fucking up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it gives you uh, an ability to look at someone else's, uh, like, brainchild of what they went through when they read it, and then you can go and do it for yourself, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry, going back to the movies, the fourth movie is just, I want to, like, bring that up, because you don't even see the Quidditch World Cup. They skip it. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. The whole thing is just gone. It's just gone. Ooh, sorry, I just, I had to. It was its emotionally draining for me to know that that's a thing.
2: Oh, yeah, no, and you know, you know which character gets, like, the worst rap in the, in the movies? Luna Lovegood. No, no, they they do her pretty good in the movie. They do her justice. They don't do Ginny justice in the movies. Mm. They don't make Mm. Ginny Weasley as cool of a
0: character Mm. as she is in the books, as they do in the movies, you know? That's fair, yeah. Because in the book, she's more, by like book three or four, she's more of a badass
2: yeah she does things She's she do, does things in Dumbledore's
1: army and she curses yeah, Dumbledore's army is dope
2: she's like a full blown character you know you like understand why Harry picks her over Hermione cause like the whole time like I watch like the movies it's just like why is he banging Ron's little sister like that's just kind of random out of nowhere for me you know <laughs> you know, it's like why not why not Hermione is like the obvious choice. It when, like when you watch the movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, they they definitely build that as like the love interest until and then they make it the like what is it when Ron is uh seeing the visions of the dementors and he sees uh Hermione and Harry kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like it's like it, it almost feels like it was built up for that moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the books it was kind of it was actually it was kind of ambiguous on who the fuck harry was gonna like get with
1: yeah they probably it sounds like they she decided like halfway through like all right oh, we gotta there has to be some love interests they're all 17 18 like
0: it started like with with like like like, hermione oh hermione's the girl i know maybe you know but then it was like oh cho chang exists oh yeah that blunder and oh guinea you're you're a thing you're you're a you're an actual person now. You're not taken over by Voldemort anymore. Holy shit.
2: Oh, dude, <laughs> when listening to, the, to that book, man, like, the way he thinks about Ginny, you're like, ooh, this book is getting hot. I would have said that <laughs> out of nowhere. and I mean, it just keeps going. Like, a sentence of, like, ooh, there it was. Teenage angst right there, <laughs> encapsulated in a sentence. <laughs>
1: funny. Oh, oh, I wanted to say that the Harry Potter Quidditch games... They were they remind they gave me the same idea as like the as like Pokemon battles in the show. They were just always interrupted by something fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just like there's like they like in the books and movies. There's like one or two Quidditch games a year they actually like reference. they like actually show out, and it's, so there's always something stupid happening during them. Like that totally takes it away from the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the last ten years we've been able to play all fifty or all like ten games and with no interruptions yeah. and everything. But these four years, fuck it, yeah. like Team Rocket
1: always shows up. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we can only get three of them out. Like I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: it's it's been enjoyable listening to audiobooks. I'm listening to uh, Game of Thrones right now. Dude, I gotta pedal Terry Pratchett. He's fucking good. He's hilarious. Ooh. Great writer. Terry Pratchett in the Discworld series for the most part. Mm. I've, I've never heard of Discworld. So Discworld is a flat planet held on the backs of four giant elephants who are on the back of uh, Anuk, or yeah, a- Anuk, the great sea turtle who swims through the ocean, or swims through the sea, or sorry, um, the universe, and he alone knows where the universe is headed. He originally started the entire series as um, kind of... Uh, almost satirical against authors trying to make um works such as like J.R. tolkien and narnia and just the influx of that sort of um media and fantasy coming about he creates the Discworld series where there, there's wizards and there's gnomes and elves there's there's, there's magic there's gods there's all that's all there um but it's all it's, it's hilariously and almost satirically written against their own selves. Like the wizards don't have to wear, if people will see wizards like, oh, you don't have a, where's your hat? It's like, well, it's not compulsory. It's not compulsory. You don't have to wear a hat to be a wizard. But yet, if you look at all the, the uh, fantasy stuff coming out of that time, oh, you're a wizard. You Gandalf has a fucking hat. Uh, all the wizards have hats and majestic robes. And that's kind of a joke that goes on with the wizards in Discworld. Um, in one of the books I just finished it's the fourth book in the series but it's a really good book to jump in on it's called Mort and um, death needs an assi- death is an anthropomorphic character he's you know skull he's bones and he's got a he's got a scythe and a sword he likes to use the sword um but death needs an assistant he just does so he goes and finds this kid named Mort Mort gets to be his assistant and as Mort spends more time in death's realm um trying to, you know, learn an apprentice from death. He becomes more of death and death begins to get um, human like qualities. And so you actually get a large chapter or a large section of the book where you're essentially witnessing death go through an existential crisis of being death. He's drunk and he's like, nobody likes me. They all hate me. They only ever see me at the end. Nobody, nobody likes me. And it's just watching death go through this. Uh, existential crisis, almost his own <laughs> existence, is hilarious. Damn. <laughs> and those are just some of the themes and topics that are just that's just Discworld. This is just
1: how many how many books in the series? I think there's like 41. Cool. Yeah. There you go. I'll keep you busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've gotten through I think three of them now. He's also got other books that are not part of Discworld, like uh, Good Omens, which has an Amazon Prime series. Um, and it's about the end of the world, you know, the judgment day is coming. Angels are real. God's a thing, you know, Lucifer, Satan, all that. It's all, you know, it's all real. And the end of the world is here. It's coming. Here's here's his story. And, you know, it all ended. Here you go. <laughs> here's the last 11 years of, of the world. It ended. It was, you know, divine planning. That's
1: wild. When are you going to write your book, Obed? Are you going to write one? <laughs> what story are you going to tell?
0: The first thing that's what's interesting is like the whole,
2: uh, the turtle swimming in the ocean. Like, uh, there are just so many, uh, like, stories of uh, men going out into the wilderness or into the unknown, into some sort of journey to discover and to, to come back with a revivifying force. So, like, you see, like, lots of images of, like, going out into water going out into into the wilderness or going
0: out into a jungle or going into a deep cave or going into the sublime. huh Going into the sublime almost.
2: No, it's more
0: it's more about going
2: in out into the world and confronting all the chaos and all the infinite potential and taking it and conquering it and turning it into something that you can use for yourself. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, like going out into the world and actually becoming something, and
1: returning with the gift.
0: And sorry, sorry, just uh, the the adjective definition of sublime that I know of it as is of such excellence, grandeur, or beauty as to inspire great admiration or awe, such as the ocean or a grand forest. To 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 journey into the sublime for the in the sense of an adjective, not as a verb.
2: Hmm. Okay, I understand. But yeah, exactly. A journey into the the great tussle with life. You know, that's why, like, you have Moby Dick, you know, guy going out and out in the oceans. You have, you know, the Odyssey, the great, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Captain. It's, it's uh, you know, Tarzan, man in the jungle. You have so many, I can name a billion, you know, photo leaving... The Shire going into the, the ancient forest. It's all about leaving the the quaint, delicate place of where you are right now. Of whoever whoever you currently are, whatever the it would be the word your ego, whatever pins you down to your who you are right now, what you expect what you perceive you can and cannot do, what you dislike and don't dislike, whatever that is. Moving on to the next thing. Those are the images, you know, where you are is the Garden of Eden and where you're going is, you know, hell. (laughs) Into isolation, into the desert, into the wild, into the ocean, into, you know, the
1: jungle to the new, new environment where you have to inherit skills to become functional there and overcoming their like specific trials and then like returning those skills and like increasing your palette of you know opportunistic improvements to the current situation
2: yeah like turning turning the wild into something useful going out into the world and making use of it make turn it into a new garden of Eden for you to leave again and to keep yeah. doing it over and over and over again that's the uh, The image is is meant to be scary. It's meant to be uh, daunting, you know? Because uh, I I like this thought that, like, if uh, self-actualization and self-improvement were easy, everyone would be doing it, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was just easy to look at your stats, essentially, just, oh, I need to assign more points in this, everyone would do that.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why, like... It is the the snake, the serpent, that gets you to, to leave the Garden of Eden. That's why you have to slay the dragon, you know, it's a, it's a big, scary thing, like just in those, like, in those, like, first sentences you said about, like, uh, you know, the the fucking turtle carrying the world, like, through the ocean, like,
0: yeah, it's exactly through the universe. Say it again. So the the great, he swims through the universe. I accidentally said ocean, but no, he swims through the universe, and he alone knows where it's headed. Oh, but he's still swimming, like you know? <laughs> Yeah. Does he talk? Is he what? Does he talk?
2: Does he talk?
0: I think he talks to the gods and to death and to one magician. He talked. He spoke to, but that's it. Uh,
1: or so he convinced the others. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that turtle talks to me. He talks to me, all right. I
0: mean, there's a there's a lot there's a there's a lot going on in Discworld. Most people most people in the Discworld don't even know or care about the turtle. Sounds like right now we don't care about the turtle.
1: Who knows where the fuck this piece of rock is floating to? Like we're not worried about that.
0: Or, or even going back to that, one of the sorry, one of the things I really liked in Mort, um, whenever Death goes to take somebody, you know, it's their time. He doesn't show up for everybody; he just shows up on some. Um, uh, what happens after death is exactly what you think happens. Mm. So, if you believe you are to go face the gods for judgment, you go face that your spirit goes and faces the gods for judgment. If you believe you are to be reincarnated, you get to be reincarnated. If you get if you believe you're going to be spending eternity in a, a dark you know in a purgatory all alone, that's what happens to you. Oh wow! Everyone gets what they believe death is at the end.
1: They create their afterlife.
0: Yes, they create, essentially create their own afterlife. Sweet. And like, so like one of the characters believed, you know, she was going to go be a concubine for the gods. That's what she went and did. That her spirit went to go be a concubine for the gods. Nice. Yeah. And there was another dude, an abbot. He would, he only remembers his reincarnations uh, when he's dead. And he's like, oh shit, this is like, he's like, yeah, this is because Mort is going to get, this is like one of his first uh, reapings. Uh, and he's like oh okay you're the you're a new guy you're you're not the regular guy where's the, he's like where's the dude with the bones and he's like'm I'm, I'm his assistant you get me today he's like oh, fine. this is like my 50 55th or 56th time doing this anyways just uh, drop me off over at this town I should be getting uh conceived right about now anyways and he does <laughs> and he just jumps off the flying horse and over the middle of his spirit of course jumps off the flying horse over the middle of a town and he gets reincarnated that's cool yeah. Um, yeah so for me I'm just like fuck it I want to adopt that thinking because you know no one else knows I'm just gonna believe exactly what happened what I want to believe happens after death happens after death easy and done
1: but everyone shares the same reality in life. no 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 well, wait, wait sorry one more time everyone shares the same you can't create you, you don't have that type of power while you're living to create the circumstance like what if you believe that everybody gets um, that everyone goes to a magical land and no one gets reincarnated
0: Well, no, 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 I, sorry, the, um, I'm adopting the whatever, whatever you believe happens to you after death is what happens to you.
1: To you, okay, but not to what you believe would happen to everyone
0: else. No, 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 yeah, I, I, you know, if I want to believe that I get to meet everyone in the afterlife, then that's what happens, but.
1: Okay, so the people, people can exist in the afterlife, but.
0: Because we're talking at this point about spiritual bullshit, and that can exist in 15 different places at once, because why not? Okay, okay, because why
1: not? But those, those aren't extended to the, to the living world
0: right yeah if we're
2: making stuff up
0: why not make it all just
2: real yeah (laughs) and all possible biodiversity you guys want to talk about biodiversity
1: what do you what do you got on that what about it
2: probably not as much as the astrobiologist here but uh biggest thing i'd like to say of how biodiversity is is that that is the biggest concern when it comes to GMOs, and not the actual like chemical effects on the human anatomy. It,
1: yeah, the surrounding impacts are are unknown and untested. They're just like the that's the concern is that we're not aware of the impacts.
2: Correct. the uh, the qu- The question at hand is too complex. Yeah, and we don't and we don't have the uh, uh, the means to to answer those questions. You know, we don't. We don't know what every
1: bug is doing. We don't know what every bird is doing. Right. Yeah, but that that same problem arises when we attempt to do anything. But GMOs is just something we're doing on a large scale. We can uh,
2: do work to reduce risk and to to have some predictability, but when it comes to complex issues, it um, it comes down to like having the right people being able to have the conversations because when you have multiple systems you know with multiple uh, people that require specialization to even understand what's going on typically the conversation going back and forth is too difficult to have
1: yeah oh yeah like too many too many cooks in the kitchen
2: because it, well, it, it almost seems necessary to have that many cooks in the kitchen but the, the problem is is that they, they have different jargon they have different terminology and that makes communication uh, difficult and it slows pro- the, the process
1: do you think that's our main problem with because uh, I would say that there's there's work being done to assess risk right now just I, I guess I'm under the impression that there's not enough do you think the the multidisciplinary piece being the problem? you think that's like the main problem is the communication between those?
2: Oh, I just, I just, it's something to note. But I do think that the the impact is potentially detrimental because we've seen impacts of of large, of systems, you know. We've seen how the unpredictability of it scares us, you know. We don't know where it's going to hit.
1: I mean, I think it's, I think bees is what we need to be worried about.
2: I don't know if there's really much more to say about biodiversity other than it's a really complex issue. And To really, I mean, to really draw that out is to to really explain why biodiversity would require to explain what like complexity is, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, just basic level, we all we all probably understand that biodiversity the the larger pool of species and I guess the the larger pool of of diversity in dna specifically is what allows like the planet to operate in more complex of, of ways and that the the planet operating in such a complex way is kind of what provides stability
2: yeah correct because if we were all like one thing we're much yeah. more uh acceptable to
1: disease right <laughs> and so like in that so from that i find the uh i find peace among like the chaos the chaos has brought a balance almost like i don't know if that makes sense I mean, is chaos the right word but it's just like the fact that everything all, all so much is going on it's bringing balance in resilience to the balance being interrupted
2: there, there are states of equilibrium that exist for stabilized periods but they're never enduring and they're never right always lasting things are always either you know there are valleys and peaks that prevent things from changing you know
1: the longer the time um, an environment be- remains the same like layers upon layers of as niches become like being able to be used as, as more of the resources are being able to use more efficiently and food chain like develops, like layers and layers of resilience get added to like the, the balance of the stability of like the current situation.
2: It increases the 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 state of equilibrium over time. But the thing is is like when you alter that drastically in one way, it it, it shifts to, from one thing to another thing. And yeah. so you can you can set up these models and you can understand what what shifts will make what but to understand what decisions you make will lead to those shifts is, is the difficult part because it's a complex system that, that you're interacting with because there are just many, many complicated things and the nature of the issue at hand makes it complex. Yeah, I agree. Beat the What What do you, you have any? any? I, I don't know. I feel kind of lost here.
0: I feel like I don't have a whole lot. What, what does it sound like we're talking about? (laughs) Uh, just general biodiversity, which, you know, I would, I will also agree that's a good thing, like you, to say what you said again, you know, if, if everyone had a very same gene pattern or, you know, we're all essentially quote unquote the same, one single disease
1: could come through and wreck
0: everything.
1: Right. And just take that idea and scale it all to like all species. And yeah, but and, and then I
0: think going off what Joe said, like uh, just any any population that sustains itself for long enough will will become biodiverse just because of the the environment around them. Um, they'll essentially split themselves. The example being like ants. You get an ant colony that gets so big, they eventually a group splinters off and they go become their own thing.
1: Right, and so like imagine um, a thousand people just getting dropped on an island, like an island on a different planet, right? So, but they, for some reason they can live, right? And they there's like one obvious food source, and so obviously people in that situation learn how to like work with that food source very well. Um, but once like that kind of domain is has been refined so so much, it's it's now be, sometimes can become. Um, less amount of, of work to, to generate um, a high value if you instead learn how to refine how we handle like a, a different resource that might be not as common but but that kind of comes after they've like learned to do this other resource really well And the more time you allow the, the smaller pockets of the variability will be able to be like um, extracted for their value.
2: It's like determining if it's worth even taking on. When you have this much easier, streamlined, like resource available, right? Like, why why would we bother to learn how to process grain when we're eating watermelons?
1: Yeah, but but five hundred people are already preparing watermelons, and there's not really, and we've gotten good at it. So there's just like you have additional value to to give society, like in the form of like I'm gonna I, I can complete some tasks for, for the betterment of everyone, um, but. There's not much value I can bring in being a watermelon preparer because, like, all of them already do that. Oh, but I can go and, like, grow some carrots over here. There's only three farmers doing that. I can go and add my value there. And over time, we get good at doing carrots, too. And then people move on to other things. and Oh, we get good at doing that, too. And that's what's creating the resilience the, the, of, like, the resilience of the current state of things. It's more of the niches that are being, like, exploited exploited but like utilized
2: the more and more and more niches that we have available to exploit the better
1: right so like say in a pond there's like a couple different there's several different food sources for frogs and there's set there's uh, over time a bunch of different species of frogs have developed to take advantage of like that certain different resource different resources that what drew the frogs there in the first place Hmm. um and so now you have all these frogs a different living off of different things and so if if uh, if a frog goes like if one resource is no longer available maybe the primary resource that drew the frogs there is no longer available so in that that frog disappears and that will have like and that will have impacts on the food chain right but so th- because there's other frogs the animals that eat the frogs aren't going to be as impacted on that one frog going on into extinction in the balance in the ecosystem will like remain because they've built that resilience on exploiting the other potential avenues that frogs could exist so when one frog went out it didn't just take everything out of balance
2: It it allows uh what's the uh what's the resilience to a system whenever there has been like a blow to it whenever there is uh,
1: something that would cause a like runaway effect right Correct. So if there, if the all the frogs went away, then like everything that eat the frog would go away, and that would affect, like, would have increased, like, there'll just be a runaway effect that would compound and then t- cause like a drastic change in the state of things in that environment.
2: So now, like, just kind of going back full circle, the, the, the effect, the idea is, the, here's the, the big scary thought when it comes to GMOs we don't know what it's going to be like introducing this new strain of dna into the competition amongst other plants like we don't know what it's going to be like to have these super plants that can survive super bugs when all these other wild plants can't and we don't we just don't know what what that will do to the world like what 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 happens when all the other plants in the world start becoming superbugs I mean all the other bugs to become superbugs but it may not it might it may not happen at a proportional rate maybe some bugs die faster than other bugs and some birds die you know what I mean it's gonna be yeah. sh- shifts in ecosystems at at a complex rate you know it's it's you can the it, it it's undeterminable because we don't we don't have cameras on all the bugs on all the <laughs> springtails and all the you know robins and all the you know spares. Yeah. like it, it's uh the the nature of the question is complex yeah so like that's that's what the big scare of gmos is is like we don't know what what the comp- what this will do to the competition Amongst in in evolution terms,
0: you know, over time. Yeah, but we've been doing GMO since we've been doing agriculture. That's just I granted, granted, we're doing it at a scientific level now. So yeah, I see we're like, you know, we're we're physically going in there with like CRISPR and changing the actual DNA of a thing. Oh yeah, no,
2: definitely. Yeah, we've definitely have had had selected. um, What do they call it? Selective. What do they call it? uh,
0: Breeding. Oh, Joe, help, Joe. Yeah, maybe
2: maybe it is selective breeding. That might be
0: exactly Well the selective breeding is what we have been doing as you know, as the GM as the our GMOs for since agriculture. It's only been recently when we've gotten a hold of, you know, microscopes and the CRISPR and all that that we've been able yeah. to physically get in there and like alter it to its its base levels, its foundational levels.
2: Yeah, no, I mean like these these issues have always been present, like when we've been Been around, but the the idea is that there's nothing. This is we're unprecedented. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing like this. Like we're the scale
0: uh, that we operate. Yeah, Yeah. no. I mean, no one, no one's ever, no society has ever had this amount of science before. Correct. And the impact
2: of biodiversity has been relatively negligible for most of human society uh, existence, except for the last, you know, modern society but now at least at least it's a good thing that we're having this conversation that we even care to even think about what we're doing you know yeah. we've always like just chose chosen the better plants that we've liked we've never had any direct manipulation in DNA and now we do and, and so you can say we've been haphazardly manipulating DNA from afar but now we're you know up close yeah. and so in it <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm saying is that there are unknown consequences to be had from it that's it. Mm, either good or bad, you know, but unforeseen consequences may exist and unforeseen benefits may exist and we definitely have benefits that do exist. that's why we have GMOs to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. The immediate benefits seem to have been nice <laughs> paststy
2: apples. Yeah I mean like, Industrial food is <laughs> freaking awesome. I mean,
1: we eat like kings every day. Uh, yeah, uh, eating healthy is pretty easy. Like the the whole like if you buy things that aren't that are like Whole Foods and not necessarily prepared, they're, they're pretty for the most part. They're pretty cheap.
0: Yeah, I like buying meat because I have a I have a meat grinder now. Um, and so I just like buying large chunks of meat, cutting that up into smaller pieces, and then grinding it myself because it's just cheaper that way stakes out of it yeah
1: should the internet be human right yes everyone should be granted the internet everyone should at least
0: have access to internet because i mean you know if you're if you're to grant everyone internet i think you have to turn everyone into hotspots or something for that but everyone should have at least the the basic access to internet should be included in homes just like water is it's just you have internet Connected to. If you want faster internet or better internet, then you got to pay for it.
1: It's kind of silly how that, that 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 we haven't, it hasn't jumped into the utility field yet. It will. It will. No,
0: no, no, it did. It did for a little bit. It was in there for like two years, and then the dude who runs Verizon, um, who's also the like lead dude on the FCC board, um, he took it out. He, pa- he pushed forward a bill to remove it from the. So, utility. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> we need to. We need to ration this.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he's like oh no, no we can't have it as a utility no 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 we can still make money here It's like no you fucker it's it's a utility at this point it's necessary yeah. for our society if you want to be successful in it
1: yeah I wish I was inspired by the leading internet providing companies but they I don't know the connotation they leave me is just with like ugh like I don't think i have been excited about a single one but the internet is such a majestic thing it's just being provided by assholes dude
2: Yeah. We should should, uh, become our own cable company, bro. You want to meet an assassin personally? (laughs) Alright.
0: I mean, dude, Google's doing it, man. Yeah, Google has fucked tons of. That's the other part, too, is that there's such a monopoly on it that even getting access to the cable lines you have to go through an ISP because they own the cable lines too dude I'm telling you man build them all your own start digging just start digging trenches <laughs> dig your own
2: trenches lay your own fiber optic cables <laughs> do it and then but the problem is is plugging into the big cable the big one the big one across the ocean that's that's the one Oh that's yeah true. those underlying cables yeah that's that's
0: getting access to that would be the the kicker. Yeah. Wait, is there
1: what what cable are you guys referencing?
0: There's so there's giant cables um, connecting pretty much all the continents via internet. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They're like ten foot wide or something like that. They're fucking huge. And they go across the ocean? Yeah. 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 They go they go under the water, they're along the ocean floor. That's
2: how you communicate with people across the world on the internet, man.
0: Holy shit! Yeah, that's why. Like, I think it was. Um,
2: oh wait! I think it was hold actually on, part of. Hold on! That? Hold on! Hold on! I want to hear Joe explain to us how he thought it worked before he knew they were cables
0: under the ocean. Joe. All right.
1: So I, the, the wonderful thing is, is, I didn't really assume anything. Like, I'm not surprised. <laughs>
0: Um, you just the internet just worked and you just accepted
1: it but i had i had never subscribed yeah just like the internet works like i i, I guess i seem to like was just transmitting through the through the air but like yeah it's, it's crazy i mean sure so,
0: some of some probably is but yeah.
1: yeah by the same magic wi-fi happens you know it's the same magic <laughs> some level fucking seven arcane wizard is doing it dude
0: Right. yeah the, well, there's a theory that like it's not even i don't even think it's a theory it's it's possible that we could just beam internet to earth via satellite via the way of hd tv because think about it, if you have an antenna you can get in you can get tv fucking anywhere right as long as if you have say you're out in the middle of the sahara and you have somehow you have an internet and you have an antenna you could get tv you could get a channel because it's being beamed from satellite And the idea is you just do that with internet well you do it with wi-fi i mean yeah yeah
2: it's, they're doing the same thing. They're manipulating the magnetic field at a specific frequency, and then it vibrates your receiver, and then your your computer decodes it. That, I mean, that's how your Wi-Fi works. I mean, that's how your radio works. Yeah,
0: sorry, just bringing it back. That's, that's how I, I think people would have access to internet everywhere. The easiest way to make it a utility is satellite beaming versus the underwater line cables that we have now.
1: Humans are crazy things, dude.
0: They've done so many crazy things. Like I I know that Victor knows
2: how the internet works. Do you know how the internet works, Joe?
1: I don't claim to know anything.
2: Well, I mean, if you could explain it to a child, what would you explain? Explain how the internet works to me.
1: How the internet works.
2: Yeah. How do I get on Facebook?
1: <laughs> how do you get on Facebook? I mean, I guess any story I would tell would uh, would uh, would probably focus more on the applications of the internet and less of pretending that I knew how it happened. Like, I don't think I have a story to tell on how it happens. It's magic.
2: <laughs> it's magic.
1: So I just threw up a map of uh, all the internet cables that
0: are laid underwater. That's wild, yeah. But
2: the reason why, like, you're talking to me right now is because there is a series of cables that are connected from, you know, my... My modem to your modem,
1: right? And I guess what prevents—I know like Wi-Fi is relatively like new, but like when I'm when I'm on my phone, there isn't a uh, there isn't a wire connecting it, and so whatever magic produces that is is was the same assumption I was probably applying to how the internet works. That's fair.
2: So from what I understand, it's the same thing. It's like your your phone uses signals. That are manipulations of the magnetic, electromagnetic field that uh, towers pick up, and then they give you the information you're asking for from the nearest server that has the, you know, pertinent information, and they send
1: right. it to you. And then, so why not just replace all of those underwater wires with just towers every several, well, months, whatever the th- reason? Those towers
2: are connected to wires.
1: Yeah, but you just make towers across the ocean and then like once you get to land it's all wire again. Like why why do you need the wires across the ocean? Is like uh, shifting sea floors.
0: Is what? Shifting sea floors rot erosion from both the seafloor and from the metal or whatever you want to make the towers out of. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, that that's why the cables.
2: But the but the
0: cables have to be connected to the servers at some point in time, you see? And so, when it comes to the cables too, when it comes to repair, if, if they they can identify which section is uh, broken or damaged or been bitten by sharks or whatever, then um, they go cut out that section. Boom, pop, patch in a new section of cable. Easy and done. Yeah. So, like, your phone only uses a satellite if you have a satellite phone. Yeah.
1: What's the, what's a satellite phone? I mean, I mean, how do you know if your phone's a satellite phone?
0: You have to go buy one. Yeah. You have you a satellite phone is something you go like. Find and it, it doesn't connect to towers; it connects to mm. satellites. And it's not,
1: it's not your average iPhone. Correct. Correct.
0: Gotcha. It basically uh, a satellite phone will never lose service unless you're like ten miles down in a cave with right. lead uh, coverings,
1: and there happens to not be a satellite over. It sounds like the magic produced by Wi-Fi is, is, is like, to my, in my current my current ignorant understanding, it's still a viable replacement for wires. Uh Just the ocean presents a unique challenge
0: kind of that's where like wi-fi itself and in its minute mani- in how wi-fi does the thing that it makes it wi-fi in manipulating signals is very susceptible to um like drywall even it's it's not really good for long-term signal transfer because many other signals and many other things get in its way very easily even to the point of um daylight um Hmm. gets in the way of, of Wi-Fi I don't know if, if you've ever tested it but usually Wi-Fi will be better at night because you don't have the sun to raise
1: so if you're using Wi-Fi then you, you still want your what's providing Wi-Fi to be somewhat close to the hardwired hookup yeah it's yeah. the thing that's providing Wi-Fi is connected via
0: a landline cable unless you have like satellite internet but
1: hmm.
0: it still has to be connected in that sort of way
1: yeah um, I probably would have also assumed that uh, satellites were doing it before wires across the ocean, too.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense, but it, it, we're we're not, and I don't know why. I don't have a good reasons why that's not the way it's being done. So we can form. make colored maps like
1: this. Do what? So we can make so we can make colored maps like the one you shared.
0: <laughs> yeah just highlight all the areas that are getting the internet beamed directly to them oh this would be a fuck okay i thought of it all right so we beam internet via satellite on the planet everyone has access you, you can connect to that internet it's not very fast it's not very great but if you want access to the landline connections you got to pay but then that require governments to set up satellites and such or elon musk uh, to set up satellites up in space that can do that yeah that's that's the other thing is like how
2: See, so, you now the issue is that everyone who has satellite cable also has a, a dish on their, on their fucking rooftop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just what we kind of regressed back to. We would see a lot more... I don't know if it's a
0: regression, honestly. Just because it's something I used to seeing ten years ago. You know, uh, I'm trying to get things to look as close to Fallout as I can before the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... If we, if we could,
2: you know, conceivably do that, that's what things would look like. You would have, like, Facebook would have its own dishes that they would have beaming out. So to make it,
0: make all their information accessible through satellite. Yeah. Or they would have to be connected to a government infrastructure tower that can, you know, beam 10,000 gigs a second or something like that. They would either need their own satellites or connected into a satellite that can take care of their load as well. It's so trippy that, like, it's all light that's doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: it's just, we're using light to... to That's what, like, what Wi-Fi is. It's just such unvisible invisible, invisible light. Yeah. Unvisible, invisible, non-perceptible <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Seven. crazy. It's all
1: magic to me, dude. I'm telling you, it's magic. I'm not gonna pretend I know. <laughs>